Hey, welcome to the 1505 Club. In chiropractic, we often talk about the science and philosophy, but we rarely talk about the art of chiropractic. I think that one of the most basic reasons why this happens is because in today's society, we aren't always sure what art is. So today, let's talk about art and what it takes to be a chiropractic artist. When I was a freshman at the University of Arizona, I took an art history class. I'm not sure what motivated me to take that class, except that I might have thought it would be an easy A. Well, it wasn't. The strange thing to me is that I can tell you more things that I learned from that class than from any of my math, English, or science classes I took that same semester. That might be a testament to those who were teaching the class, or it might have just been how unfamiliar I was with the topic, so everything just seemed new and interesting to me. Either way, I got an introduction into art and what constitutes art. On the most basic level, the purpose of art is to tap into your emotions, cause you to feel something, and leave you feeling changed. I've enjoyed many movies, but there are certain movies that were less about being entertained and more about being changed. One clear example for me that I can remember is the movie Amistad. It's not that it's entertaining or enjoyable, in fact, at certain points it's quite unenjoyable. But it was artistic, and it communicated a message that'll leave you changed. Now that movie might not have done anything for you, but I'm sure you've had that experience with some movie that did. When it's truly art, the product becomes so much more than just the sum of its parts. If there is truly an art to our adjustment, then the sum result should be more than just the addition of the parts. The question is, how do we make that happen? Let me just tell you, that is a question that I've been thinking about for a while. If you're like me, it must bother you that we acknowledge the art, but we rarely address it or discuss, or discuss how to maximize it. That led me long ago to conclude that we have very few chiropractic artists. Instead, what we mostly have are chiropractic technicians. So to break the ice on this topic, I decided that I would do something super cheesy. I made an acrostic from the word art. Oh, you are so excited, I can feel it. While that's probably the least artful approach to a subject like this, my artful approach comes from using three words that you probably aren't expecting. So to that end, let's begin. The A stands for application. What's the difference between a concert pianist playing Beethoven and a toddler banging on the piano? They're both hitting a bunch of notes in rapid succession. One, People will pay money to listen to it, and the other, people will pay money to make it stop. I'm sure you've seen the modern art that's nothing more than paint flung at a canvas with reckless abandon, and you think to yourself, well, I could do that. Where's the talent? To be fair, the, the vast majority of modern art really is garbage. The vast majority of modern music is also garbage, but that's because of a philosophical shift that occurred almost without anyone noticing. Once upon a time, the only pathway to becoming famous for art, and that included music and acting, was to possess genuine talent that was crafted and perfected. Somewhere along the line, somebody in marketing made the observation that talent is expected, so it doesn't sell as well as uniqueness. Then there was a small shift 
where better than average talent combined with uniqueness would sell better than superb talent with no uniqueness. Our current state is a degradation of talent to the point that uniqueness is really all that matters. I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but if you're going to start a YouTube channel, your best bet is to be unique, not necessarily good. Most patients have no concept of what good chiropractic looks like, but they're easily sucked in by uniqueness. Does that explain the wild popularity of some dangerous techniques that are not taught in any school, but still gather insane numbers of views on YouTube? I don't like to say this, but uniqueness beats talent every time. And that's a sad reflection of where our society exists pretty much on every level. However, for our part, we are wondering how do you become a chiropractic Rembrandt? My mind immediately turns to Picasso for a couple of reasons. When I say Picasso, you undoubtedly think of his cubism phase and painting women who look like flounders with both eyes on the same side of their face. Well, before all of that, Picasso made paintings like landscapes that were absolutely gorgeous. So much so that when you see the cubism, you can't help but ask yourself, what went wrong? My personal favorite painting of Picasso is called Les Demoiselles d'Avignon. I think the painting is pretty just to look at because of its coloring. It's also a painting of four women. My grandmother had three sisters, and their last name was d'Avignon. That's right, I'm pretty sure Picasso was painting my grandmother and her sisters. Anyway, my point is that Picasso had tremendous talent, and the only difference between his cubism phase and the time before was the application of his talent. However, talent must be found and cultivated prior to finding its full artistic expression. What I'm saying is that you don't start out as a chiropractic artist. You start out as a chiropractic technician, but it's through the cultivation of ability and the expansion of talent that you ultimately open the opportunity to become an artist. One of the popular misconceptions of art is that artists don't follow the rules. That's actually not true. Artists follow the rules at least 90% of the time, but their skill allows them the insight to know exactly when to not follow the rules. I would say that as a Gonstead doctor, I follow the rules at least 90% of the time, and probably much more than that, but there are some strategic opportunities to break the rules. The idea of art is a strategic breaking of the rules while still adhering to the rules 90% or more of the time. That's the difference between playing Beethoven and even doing it with a little artistic expression and a child just hitting keys randomly. This is what I mean by saying the first part of art is the application. All art must begin by learning the rules, following the rules, and perfecting your level of practice within the rules. Now conversely, you will find some old timers who will tell you that they never break the rules and you should never break the rules either. That simply means they've remained a technician throughout their career and the artistry of chiropractic is probably beyond their ability. I don't mean that rudely, but if you lack the hand skills or the understanding to know when you might be looking at an exception to the rules, then your best course of action at that point is to remain consistent with the rules. I truly believe it's the technician chiropractor and the fact that it's the simplest, least risky form of practice that's kept us from developing the art of chiropractic. 
See, along with strategically breaking the rules comes the inherent addition of risk. The artist is comfortable with calculated risk in a way that the technician is not. At the same time, I'll tell you that Gonstead was an artistic chiropractor because he had mastered the technical aspects of being a chiropractic technician. See, the point I'm trying to make is that you have to become a great technician before you can become an artist. But just because you are a great technician does not mean you will automatically become an artist. I know many who never have. Uniqueness of application with the purpose of creating a specific and intentional result is the first part of art. For the second part of my cheesy acronym, I have two words that start with R. The first word is realism. The best art may offer a unique perspective, but it does it without losing its grip on reality. This is where the non-force practitioner who runs a telemedicine practice and adjusts their patients over the phone or Zoom, and yes, I just heard of someone doing that just the other day, for me pushes it too far because they've lost their grip on reality. Art doesn't just envision reality, but it attempts to raise the level by seeing it as its greatest ideal. Would Michelangelo's David be as captivating if he had been overweight, scarred, missing teeth, or any other countless imperfections that could have been inserted? Speaking of Michelangelo's David, my other R word is reproducibility, but probably not the way you think. One of the things about great art is that they are difficult if not impossible to reproduce. It is actually this difficulty of reproducibility that makes them so valuable. So I ask you, are your adjustments or even your entire approach difficult to reproduce? Let me answer for you, because I would say yes. Any Gonstead doctor could do a diversified adjustment if they had to, or even worse, a Y-strap, because it requires no talent and it's easily reproducible. However, can just anybody give a Gonstead adjustment, especially if they've never practiced it before? Of course not. We all know that. Many of us practiced it for ages and still couldn't do it very well. It's not a mastered it on my first try kind of thing. And that, interestingly enough, is one thing that gives it inherent value. Now I should mention that not every patient can appreciate this, just as not every person can walk into a museum and immediately appreciate the most valuable work of art in the museum. I have this analogy I thought of a little while back, and I often find myself going back to it. Let's say there was a McDonald's restaurant, and inside this McDonald's restaurant was Gordon Ramsay, offering to serve up filet mignon or beef wellington instead of a McDonald's hamburger. Of course, most people would be all over that. However, I estimate that as much as 10 to 20% would not be into it. In fact, I would predict that there would be people who would actually accuse Gordon Ramsay of not knowing how to cook simply because they came in expecting a McDonald's hamburger and they did not, and this did not meet their expectations. Have you ever taken a drink out of a cup only to find the liquid inside was something other than you expected? It's kind of like that. Doesn't mean it was bad, it's just not what you expected. I think of this because if we're creating art, there will definitely be many who appreciate it. 
but there will always be those who do not. You can't be discouraged by that. You have to just keep creating anyway. I wish I could conduct my experiment with Gordon Ramsay in a McDonald's so I could find out what the real number is, but I feel quite certain that we would be surprised at how many people would be willing to reject it simply because it wasn't what they were expecting. To that end, we need to do more to change their expectations. We've talked about this a lot lately, but we need to teach people what chiropractic is, what it's not, and why. This is as simple and as complicated as it needs to be. So the R in art is both reality and reproducibility. To make it art, it needs to be rooted in reality in a way that is not easily reproducible. The final letter in art is T, and that stands for timing. I know you're probably wondering how timing is connected to art. Well, in painting and sculpture, it's not really a big deal, but there is another form of art where it is essential, music. When it comes to music, there are a finite number of notes, which means that many songs use the same notes and often even in the same pattern. The only major difference between two such songs is the element of timing. For this reason, we can know that timing is an essential element of art and it helps to give it its nuance. In chiropractic, timing is something different, but it's no less essential to give the adjustment its nuance. Timing requires a connectedness to the patient. This is something that's nearly impossible to explain or to teach, but I can tell you that when you are the patient, you can feel when the doctor has connected with you. More importantly, you can tell when they have not. I think that the only way you can learn to connect like that is to feel it for yourself as the patient and then try to emulate it yourself when you are the doctor. When I was a student, I was called up to the front so that Alex Cox could demonstrate the proper setup for an occiput. At that point, I had no idea how to properly adjust an occiput, but then I was kind of terrible at everything, so it was just one more adjustment I wasn't sure about. He took hold of my occiput, and I immediately felt the control he had and how connected he was with my skull in that moment. I immediately, from that feel, knew how to adjust an occiput, and I never struggled with it again. More importantly, I felt the connectedness, and I knew I had to gain that ability with my own hands. Again, this is something that is almost impossible to teach, but once you feel it, you know what it is. Now, I've exhausted my art acrostic, but there's still one more ingredient, so I'm just going to add it in anyway. The final ingredient for any artist is the ability to see the future. I don't mean that in any metaphysical type of way. What I mean is that they have to be able to look at any patient and see who they could be. You then have to have a plan for how you're going to get them there. In the case of a painter, they start with a blank canvas, but they already see the painting fully formed in their mind. They begin adding paint to construct the image in their mind, and they keep doing so until it's complete. A sculptor, on the other hand, sees a slab of marble and begins stripping away marble until what is left matches the image that was in their mind from the beginning. The key to good art is that the future already exists in the mind of the artist, and then they use their skills to bring that image into reality. In chiropractic, we need to have a clear image in our mind of where we're going to take the patient before we attempt to take them there. There's an artistry in seeing the patient in their highest state, in our mind, and then we try to bring that into reality, just like any other artist would. The art of chiropractic is frequently neglected. 
It certainly doesn't get as much conversation as the science or the philosophy. I think this is because the art is much more individualistic and not as well defined, just like every artist in every other medium. The philosophy and the science help by setting boundaries on what is and what is not chiropractic. The art, however, is more about how we operate within and sometimes even outside of those boundaries. I know there are many chiropractors who are lost and confused because they think chiropractic is about pushing stuck joints until they pop. They have no idea what a subluxation is, and they've never seen how one adjustment can change a person's life. We need the philosophy, the science, and the art to give context to what we do and to achieve the best results. This week, I challenge you to think of yourself as a chiropractic artist. See the patient in their ideal state. Create a plan for how you're going to get them there, and then execute the plan. Work within the rules or principles, but do not feel constrained by them. Just make something beautiful. I've intentionally waited to release this episode today because today's my birthday. Throughout the year, we have many opportunities to reset. The beginning of each week is a reset, and so is the beginning of each month. Birthdays, like the beginning of each year, are an opportunity to evaluate every area of your life and make some big changes when necessary. This year, I've been thinking a lot about focusing my attention on becoming more of a chiropractic artist, working within the boundaries, but at the same time, pushing the boundaries. I guess for me, the definition of an artist is someone who knows how to live and operate at the limit of the boundary without crossing over, losing control, or going too far. When art is done right, it elicits an emotional reaction, a feeling, an emotion. Have you ever given an adjustment that didn't just cause the patient to feel something powerful, but you yourself, as the doctor, felt it as well? Art should be a source of reproducible emotion, and you should be able to go back to it and feel it again and again. The reason most modern art is garbage is because it doesn't cause anyone to feel anything. It elicits no emotion. How do we bring emotion to what we do? I think that's the secret to discovering chiropractic as an art, and it's sorely missing from the practice of chiropractic today. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope this topic has helped you to think about chiropractic and how you practice it in a little different way. As always, I hope you have the very best week possible. I'll see you again next time.